0: This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create positive change in the world every day by being a conscious consumer. I'm your host, Laura Alexander Wittig, founder of Brightly.eco, and I started this podcast a few years ago because I wanted a place to talk about the gray areas around sustainability and how being a conscious consumer can be challenging and confusing but it's totally doable. So join me in the name of reducing waste and living positively in the name of the planet. Listeners, today we are talking about all things sustainability times parenting. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I myself am a parent of a now two-year-old, which is crazy thinking about that. Um, And you know, I really feel like parenting in general is something that obviously is multi-layered and super complex. But when you think about how to be a little bit more eco-friendly in your daily actions, it's oftentimes a little difficult or it seems difficult. So this week's episode uh, is all about how to be well, slightly more eco-friendly in your parenting journey, and I'm joined by Jen Panaro. She's the founder and editor-in-chief of Honestly Modern. Um, we're going to talk about small changes in your daily routine uh, that you can implement that are going to you know, wield a better impact on shrinking your family's carbon p- footprint. So Jen, I wonder if you can say hi and introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, hi everyone. Thanks for having me. You um, like just said, I'm Jen Panero, and I write and create for Honestly Modern. It's a place where you can find all sorts of um, resources and tips about kind of practical and actionable things we can do um, to be a little bit more sustainable in kind of our everyday lives. So I do have two boys who are nine and eleven. Um, so you know, all of that creation and, and ideas and resources and things they go through the lens of um, of parenting and, and what are some unique challenges in sustainable living that we can, that we might face as parents.
0: Absolutely. And I feel like, so listeners will include a link to Honestly Modern in our show notes, but when you head to the website, you just are met with a bunch of different resources. So definitely recommend everybody checking it out. But I'm curious to know, um, you know, have you always been quote unquote, a semi-eco-friendly parent or how did your journey into
1: sustainability parenting begin? Sure, it is not something I was like born into or grew up around. Um, probably eight or nine years ago, I started. So my my kids were still very young, um, and I didn't necessarily come come into sustainable living through the lens of parenting per se. Um, okay. I started getting interested in uh, shopping for clothes at thrift stores, and with that came curiosity about sort of sustainable fashion, and that really opened up my eyes to a lot of the environmental impacts in in. You know yeah. our clothes and 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 things in that area, um, and eventually it just kind of broadened into you know if I'm going to think about these things in my closet, um, I may as well apply them to the rest of my life as well. So uh, that morphed into more of a sustainability, um, a sustainability lens, you know, being applied to the rest of my life, and um, and then eventually, I mean, I think thinking about it from the perspective, I, I think a lot of parents talk about this, the perspective of our climate and sort of the long-term habitable future of our planet. Uh, and that, you know, really being an important investment, um, in terms of raising our kids and and wanting them to have a nice, beautiful place to, to grow up in. So, um, so it morphed into that. It's definitely not where it started, but, um, but I think that's an element that, that continues to, to play a role in the way that I think about, you know, how we live.
0: And you're not alone. I mean, most parents that I talk to on this podcast have a very similar journey where we all kind of started being semi-eco-friendly or semi-crunchy, you know, earlier in our lives. And then as we had kids, we do kind of have this aha moment, not only about wanting to leave the world in a better place for our children's, uh, you know, purposes, but also just like wanting to raise, you know we have this thought around wanting to also raise children who are better global citizens and children who are more respectful of the environment. So I feel like that is just a really cool thing that seems to happen to a lot of us once we have kids. <laughs> so maybe if you were, yeah, listener, if you're, you know, if you just start a new parent or thinking about becoming a parent, I promise it hits a little bit differently. Um, so I'm curious to know, I off the top of my head could think of quite a few challenges I faced, especially as uh, a mom of a toddler or a really little one around waste. And, I mean, waste in general, as I think about being a, a sustainable parent. Um, but I'm curious to know a little bit about some of the challenges you faced um, and thinking through you know, how you're able to overcome
1: them. Sure. Um, so I think... In in general, I think there's this overarching as being, you know, maybe like a, a sort of crunchy mom or that that sort of weird eco mom. Um, there's well, one of the challenges I think is just sort of always being uh, swimming upstream a little bit. We live in a world that yeah. is driven by overconsumption, and practicing more eco friendly habits is is sometimes not the status quo. So I feel like there's in, in the in living the habits of, of sort of sustainable living or more eco friendly living, um, you're sort of constantly hitting like little walls of like, yeah. oh, that's sort of weird, or oh, that's a little different. Why did you do it that way? Um, so I think that's one challenge, honestly, is just that like kind of being the slightly weird eco mom, <laughs> yeah, as uh-huh. uh, is, is odd as that is. Um, but from a more, you know, specific, tangible kind of way, um, one of the examples that I like to use. Is I have one of my boys is a very picky eater, and I was actually a very picky eater too growing up. And you know, when I think about sustainable living, we run into some of those those hurdles. When I'm thinking about you know feeding him, right? So I want to give him all sorts of new food. Um, I want to offer him different things. And yet, I don't want to be wasting a lot of food and giving him things like he's not going to like it, or yeah. um, you know, he's going to eat three bites and then we're just going to throw away the rest of it. So I think that's one really specific example where it's kind of unique to parenting in the sense that um, you know, if I was just an individual person, um, I could more easily make those choices and say, I'm just going to get the things that I know I want to eat, or I'm going to try something new and I'm going to eat it no matter what. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but I think with, you know, as a parent and, and raising kids and trying to introduce them to new foods and introduce them to, um, you know, different good eat- eating habits and things like that. Um, food waste becomes like a particularly unique challenge. So that's something, um, that I have run into a lot. And I guess in that particular way, like some solutions, um, you know sometimes it's just giving him a couple bites of something. Um, sometimes it's like, well, I, I know what I'm gonna have for dinner, right? Like, I'm gonna be the, the garbage disposal, or my husband's gonna be the garbage disposal to make sure that it doesn't go to waste. Um, but still, but still kind of managing, you know. And sometimes it's just give him what he wants because it's easy. Um, we know he's gonna like it, we know it's gonna be, you know, good for good food for him. So, um so that, I guess that's kind of one example of like a unique challenge that, yes. I, that I see or like – like and, and I think we're going to see that in a lot of different ways. As my kids are getting older, they're becoming more independent about, you know, what they want to wear, right? So I can't just go and say, oh, this is a really cute, um, you know, sustainable, ethical kids brand – um, they want, the like, they, want the am, yeah. they want the characters. They want the Paw Patrol. They want the characters. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. Or they want, yeah. Like my kids are sports fanatics, so they want yeah. gear. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, you know, I can't, they're going to look at me and be like, mom, that's ugly. I'm not wearing that. And it doesn't yeah. mean it's, you know, it doesn't mean that brand is ugly. It's just like, that's not my kid's preference. Um, and yeah. so, you know, there's always those challenges, right. Of like navigating what's cool, what's not, um, especially as they get older and, and more independent. Um, yeah. Yeah. I and totally so agree. And the other thing, I'm going to just yeah.
0: jump in really briefly too, because I, totally. I totally feel this. I feel like, um, you know, the fact that you took sort of the food and the pickiness, etc., and now sort of up-leveled it or like up-aged it to older kids and thinking about fashion, I think is huge because yes, yeah. I, like every other parent, struggle with kids wanting to eat what they want to eat when they want to eat it. And of course, there are so many memes about this, but I tell you, if you don't have kids yet, you're going to say to yourself, oh, God, I'm not going to be the type of parent who gives my kid <laughs> chicken nuggets every day or whatever. And it's so hard to not be that parent. I'll tell you. I mean, yeah. especially when, you know, I have a very, um, my daughter was born in the 95th percentile. So she's a, a large kid that <laughs> came out large yeah. and is still really large and she eats a lot and she always has. And I, so I know that if I don't give her a significant amount of food during the day, she's going to be really cranky and it, like, obviously leads to like behavioral problems. So I'm over here trying to give her healthy things and stuff changes by the day. Like she can eat something and love it. And then the next day hate it. And so the, you know, I think the struggle for, to reduce waste is really big there. Um, one tip that I have, and I I might've talked about this in a previous podcast, but it works super well when I make something for her, I freeze it in muffin tins. So if I, like the other day I made um, some veggie, I call it like hidden veggie pasta where I basically steam up a bunch of vegetables, then I puree them and I kind of put them alongside marinara and it usually works pretty well. So I made a huge yeah. batch of that. I froze it in muffin tins, and then I like added chicken. And I think, I guess that's where I went wrong because I gave it to her and she <laughs> kind of was like, not a huge fan. And rather than like looking at this massive amount of food that I just created and saying, well, heck, like I'm not going to be able to, she's not eating this. I'm not going to be able to to use it. I froze it. And then we're going to try it again later because this has happened so many times to me where I'm like, well, I guess she's never going to eat that. And then I bring it out a few weeks later and she eats it just fine. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's a big struggle, especially, you know, to your point, Jen, like when we don't, you know, we don't, it's not like you control your kids. (laughs) Like They're human beings. They have their own thoughts and opinions. So if they're, you know, not into something, it's not like you're talking to yourself and you're like, well, just, just suck it up and eat it. Like, let's not have, you know, food waste. You can't really do that with kids.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. So I think like when we're, if we're talking about like the fashion, for example, um, we have started to think about, you know, are there friends or family members that are bigger than them, um, where we can think about hand-me-downs, right? So not necessarily buying from a sustainable fashion company, but is there a way we can do it? Um, secondhand, can I do it through, you know, Facebook marketplace, or, um, I'm a huge fan of buy nothing, which I know you've talked about before. Yes, (laughs) Um, we have a very active buy nothing group in our community and I'm like, you know, such a, such an ambassador for them. Um, so, so yeah, so I think that's you know there's there's kind of some workarounds, and then one other thing that I think has been that's that I think is helpful for someone who's just getting started. I mean, really anybody. I I, I use this too, but um, if you're just getting started, is focusing on the element of disposal. Of sustainability and okay. not necessarily always consumption on the front end. And what I mean by that is like if we think about sustainability, there's a lot of discussion around circularity, right? So it's important that resources continue to be used. Like once they're they're done with, once we're done using them for the first thing, how can we keep them in use in maybe a different way or a repurposed way or um you know do something something different with them? So um I find a lot of situations where Especially, like I said, people who are just sort of curious about this sustainability adventure, as we'll call it, Um, being really attached to the certain things that they buy or the certain foods that they eat or whatever, and thinking about sort of creating new sustainability habits around disposal first can sometimes be a really... um, Easy way to gain some momentum, and so what that might look like is um, I'm still going to shop at the same stores, but what can I do with my clothes when I'm done with them? That's better than just throwing in the trash or you know dropping them off at a thrift shop where maybe they're going to end up in the trash anyways. You know, can I try and um, donate them to a shelter instead of who, where they need them instead of a thrift store, or can I sell them on a at a consignment shop, or can I give them away on buy nothing to someone who I know is going to use them? So. Um, In terms of food, right? We might say, I'm still gonna buy the same food because I'm just not ready to make that change yet. But I'm gonna be really intentional about leftovers and making sure that I use every yes. last thing and find creative recipes. And so that's where I'm going to start, right? Or I'm going to start composting because um, I'm really focused on not necessarily what I'm buying. I'm not ready to 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 go after that change just yet, um, but I'm going to compost whatever it is that I don't use. So I think if we think about the disposal side, sometimes that's an easier way to get started than yes. the consumption side, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: No, it makes total sense. And I I definitely agree. I think, um, you know, for a long time, this podcast is about being a conscious consumer. So we do talk a lot about the consumption piece of things. But we also try to cover what we just talked about the disposal piece, because I think it can feel quite overwhelming to try and be an expert or super, you know, talented, I guess, at both parts of the equation. (laughs) So I think it's really, um, it's very insightful, Jen, to think about it from that way. It's like, look, if you're like, listen, if you have a kid and like, I mean, we're recording this episode during the holiday season. And it's very, you know, a lot of times you don't have a lot of control about what is coming into your house. Like you have grandparents, you have, you know, family Mm -hmm. members who are gifting whatever they're going to gift, despite you maybe saying, let's have a wish list or let's do gift cards. Definitely, you know, They're, yeah. they're going to do what they're yeah. going to do. So it can be kind of tempting to feel overwhelmed or even like, I don't want to say angry, but maybe just a little disappointed or frustrated if you're if you're trying to like create that um, gifting culture in your family. And so rather than yeah. feeling like that, feeling guilty, et cetera, like just think, you know what, like we will use this for a little bit. Um, we will say thank you. And then we'll put it on by nothing. And it's not a total get out of jail free card. Like obviously it'd be great if it didn't have that happen in the first place, but right. it was out of your control. So like, let's just think about how to dispose of it in a way that's more ego friendly and move on.
1: <laughs> right. And in, the, in sort of that toy genre, I'll give you one really specific example that's worked well for us. Um, my boys love doing Lego sets, like really complicated Lego sets, but they only like to do them once and they don't like taking them apart. And they don't particularly like playing with those set pieces in a creative Interesting. way. Huh. Um, and so, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> so what, yeah. Right. So then you're like, okay, you get these sets and they love doing them once. And then like, what do you do with them? Yeah. So what we've ended up deciding to do is we get the sets, they build them. Um, and then they keep them in their rooms and you know, admire them, I guess, for a few months. Um, and then we end up selling them on Facebook marketplace and the boys get to keep the money. That is whatever we come from selling, you know, whatever comes from selling them on Facebook marketplace. So they're certainly, because they're already put together, um, they're certainly not getting like, you know, the full price for them, but to my kids, it's a ton of money, what they're in, what they get from these, you know, these Lego sets. Um, and it's a way to say like, how can we, we're thinking about just the disposal, right? So like, how can I do something a little bit better on the disposal end, um, to make sure it's getting to a place where someone else is, you know, going to do something good with it. And, and, you know, I'm sitting here being like, oh my gosh, I want nothing to do with taking apart a Lego set. It is not my jam, too many pieces, too many things. But there are people out there who love taking apart Lego sets and love, you know rebuilding and doing all the things. And so if we can take something that is, you know, we've used it in the way that works for us and we can pass it along to someone else in a way that works for them, um, you know, that's better than just sort of tossing it or, you know, dropping it at wherever we might drop it. Um, so, so that, you know, being just, just being intentional about that disposal side. Um, like I said, that's a very specific example that's worked for us, but could maybe inspire someone to think about how it might work for them.
0: Absolutely, and you're right. Like you know, the, that behavior you talked about is something that you probably at first were like, "Wow, okay, let's not do that. Let's use these Legos again." And you were met with yes. some resistance. So you're like, "You know what? I've got a lot going on. This is not the hill I'm going to die on. So let's, you know, turn that around and, and change the behavior in a slightly different way." And I think that's huge. Um, and I I feel like that you know is is something that you know. We, we talked about this in our show notes uh amongst each other but we 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 literally wrote down holding boundaries sometimes like don't you don't yes. feel like you have to do all the things and i really liked that phrase which is like holding boundaries with yourself and not feeling overwhelmed because you know that's just a huge part of things um tell me a little bit more about some other examples in your life? Like, I love that Lego example. Like, are there other things that you do with your kids or like brought more broadly in your parenting journey that are in that similar vein?
1: You mean in terms of thinking about disposal or thinking yeah. about like just sustainability in general that are very specific?
0: I mean, you could pick either. I mean, I feel like the disposal example is really interesting, but you could also just do broader. That's totally fine. Sure.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, okay. So I'm trying to think about the disposal. Uh, well, I mean, an obvious one for disposal for me, I guess, is I'm like such a composting nerd. So sure. <laughs> um so when we think about the um when we think about food, I don't particularly love cooking, so I'm not gonna be, you know, I'm not gonna be totally stoked about being that like really creative leftover person. But man, I love composting and I love like learning about, you know, how it breaks down in nature and the science behind it. And I have tried so many different ways of composting um, just really out of curiosity. And then, you know, wanting to be able to tell someone, uh, answer their questions, you know, what method might work for me, things like that. So, uh, so that's another example of disposal, right? Where I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a great cook. I'm not a, I'm not a leftover connoisseur. Um, but heck I can put these in a compost bin or I can, you know, get a compost service or whatever it might be. Um, and then another example in the food space, and this is, this is, um, on the, on the consumption side is we've tried to, you know, there's, I think there's some really good opportunities to say, where can I do a little bit better, but maybe not perfect. And I would say that's kind of how our grocery shopping lands. Um, so we are fortunate that we have a delivery service in our community that delivers food from local farmers. And so they like different local food artisans and they, so, so once a week I can order, um, whatever the things that I need on my grocery list that would, um, that are available. So it might be like meat or dairy or milk, things like that. Um, so I can actually order that from local farmers, which is great. Um, but they're, that's not going to get me everything that I need. We also do some orders periodically from, uh, I think it's called imperfect produce now. It used to be misfits, but I think they got, I think they merged or got purchased. Um, yep. <laughs> so we do some of our, you know, some of our produce comes from, uh, ugly produce companies. So that's kind of another piece of it. Both of those get delivered right to my door, which makes it super convenient. I don't always do them. I do them when I need stuff or when it works with my schedule. And then we fill in the gaps with traditional grocery shopping, um, at, you know, our, our local grocery store. And so in terms of, you know, how do we consume or how do we purchase our food? Um, it's, you know, Hey, when I have, when it's accessible to me, when can I make better choices? Um, I still had that convenience of it getting delivered right to my door, which is valuable to me. Um, but when I need to fill it in with, with, you know, regular grocery shopping or, in, and trust me, we buy, my kids love goldfish. They love like all the things, um, that come in, you know, packages and boxes and whatever. Um, but how can we make choices that are a little bit better? And so, uh, you know, like goldfish, for example, right? Like we we'll buy them in the big box containers instead of in the single packages because it's less packaging waste. Um, so I think from, from that perspective, it's sort of how can we piece together things that work for us while we're still holding on to the things that maybe, you know, aren't accessible at this point. Um, and just, you know, make the best and not let perfection get in the way of, of good. Yeah, absolutely. And you, I think you
0: talked about this really important concept of balancing convenience and sustainability because that is such a challenge for, for most parents out there. I think, There are so many things that we would do if we had all the time in the world, but when you have one kid and then you start to add in more kids or you just have like a really challenging, uh, you know, uh, set of things you have to do every day. Like it's really, really difficult to find time to do most of what you're quote unquote supposed to do, let alone all this other stuff that you'd like to do. Um, and so I think, you know, that concept of, you know, meeting in the middle in terms of you're right, like goldfish, like your kids like goldfish, like the, you, you're you not going to make your own goldfish. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> but Correct. you can buy happening. a massive thing at Costco, you're right, and put it in stasher bags and reduce that single use plastic waste. Um, we're really big. Uh, we use these reusable pouches. Um, I actually designed them um, because I was trying so hard to find ones that fit what I wanted to do. So we actually um, have these w- wonderful reusable silicone pouches because my daughter was just like obsessive with The applesauce pouches, the uh, vegetable pouches, all these like single-use pouches that we would get from Costco, Whole Foods, etc. And like number one, it was expensive. Like I wanted the really high-quality ingredients that were going into these things, so they were costing us. I mean, a lot of times they're at least a buck fifty each, which is crazy. That 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 would be if you go to the grocery store. Um, And then the other thing was like I really wanted to make sure that I had control over what was going. Into these pouches and the surrounding thing. So yeah. Anyway, what I like to do when I have a lot of time, which is never, <laughs> I will make homemade <laughs> purees. Um, and I actually came up with a bunch of recipes. Um, and they're quick and easy, and they like they actually don't require a ton of time. But in yeah. the instances where I don't have time to make the purees, we get we go to Costco and we get the massive jars of applesauce, and we just put yeah. the applesauce into the pouches. And there you go. So it's very similar where you're chatting with the goldfish, but it's one of those things where, um, yeah, sometimes when I'm like filling up those pouches with applesauce from a jar, I think, Oh man, I really should have just made something, but it's like, it it occupies my mind for about five seconds (laughs) if it goes away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I think, you know, you shared some other great examples about like that balance. And I think in general, like whether you're a parent or where you're not, like we all need to be you know, give ourselves a little bit more grace and think about, you know, the fact that you're even using these reusable patches or putting things in stasher bags instead of, you know, plastic waste, it, it is making a difference.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we definitely, we definitely have to find, find that balance, right? Like how do we sometimes say yes and sometimes say no. And I think, um, and sometimes I think it's when that idea of holding boundaries, I think some of it is holding boundaries kind of like, um, in terms of giving a, giving ourselves grace, like a, a boundary for grace, right? That we're not always going to be perfect. And and some of it too is holding boundaries in the sense of like keeping things out, I guess, or or sort of not saying yes to everything. So um, I know that there are lots of thoughts on sustainable living being like more time consuming or more expensive. Um, and I think some ways that we've dealt with that are to just say no to some things like um you know, whether it be like, we're not going to say yes to all the commitments so that maybe we have a little bit more time to choose a sustainable option, or we're not going to say yes to all of the purchases. Um, A very specific example, like my kids occasionally will ask me for these tchotchke toys. And um, yes, there's one in particular, (laughs) these like mini hockey sticks that I'm like, you already have you know, you already have something just like this. Yeah. Um, and they bother me about them all the time. Like, can we buy these? Can we buy these? And, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to buy you these little tchotchke toys, but I will invest in, you know, I'll save that money and invest in, um, you know some some nicer toys periodically that again we can think about that disposal element that I know I'm going to be able to reuse them later or they're going to last or um you know they're going to be we, they can be donated in in a way that makes sense um and so holding boundaries right to say sometimes we're going to say no to things so that we have space left for the better choices um yeah no it makes i mean it's it's going to look different for everybody i don't have like a perfect solution but i definitely have have I feel like I've had so many conversations with people where I've thought to myself like, you know, then just don't buy it or just don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> um, so, anyways, yeah,
0: yeah. No, it makes total sense, and I feel like you know this is just along the lines of a lot of the other things that you've shared with us, which is just being practical, try not to do too many things at once, and being realistic. And so I wonder if there's like you know, as we, you know, start to get towards the end of the episode, I wonder if you can share, you know, additional like practical tips for parents who are maybe just starting out in their journey, because I feel like what we've talked about is all relatively beginner anyway, but maybe there's a few other things for somebody who comes to you and it says like, where do I start?
1: Yes. Okay. So the first thing that I would say is that it's, it's almost more of a change in mindset than actual specific habits. And I say that because I think sustainable living is going to, especially at the beginning, is going to look really different for different people, right? We, we're all going to start in a different place and there's going to be different ways that each of us are going to find Uh, sustainable living is, is more accessible to us, more affordable, more interesting, um, feels more achievable, whatever it is. So the first thing that I always encourage is this change in mindset of, um, kind of what I would call like putting on green colored glasses in the sense that like when you're looking at the decisions that you're making or the habits that you have thinking like before doing something right away, being like, is there a more sustainable option? So you take the second to think like, is there a way that I could do this better? And the answer might be yes. The answer might be no. And sometimes you're just going to do the regular thing that you would have done. But maybe you will stop and say like, oh, I actually think I could buy that secondhand. Or I actually might be able to use leftovers for dinner tonight instead of buy something new. Um, You know what? Actually, maybe instead of going to fast food tonight, a PB&J sandwich will work just great. Yeah. Um, and so, so that's the first thing I would say is to kind of to try to get into um, that mindset shift where your first thought is, is there is there a way i could do this more sustainably and i think at the okay. beginning that probably will feel like a very conscious decision but it in, in all honesty it just becomes second nature um and then and then just starting somewhere right like yeah. so don't i would say like don't feel like if you know you're going to say i'm going to become this I'm going to start being a sustainable parent. Um, It doesn't have to be in every aspect of your life. So pick one area of your life or maybe two where you feel like you can really gain some momentum. So we talked about, you know, if you love to cook, maybe you're going to be a leftover connoisseur. Um, If you like to shop, maybe you're going to master the online or, you know, online resale or local consignment shops in your area. Or maybe you're going to be a, um, you know, the, the donation guru on your buy nothing group or something like that. Um, if you like to garden, maybe the place that you start is by swapping out native plants for non-native plants or, um, food plants for, you know, something that maybe wasn't food. Right. But if you don't like gardening, you know, don't, don't do that. That's not your thing. Right. And that's totally okay. Um, I'll give two more examples as I'm sort of going down the list of things I thought about. Um, so like if you love exercising, right, that's your thing. Uh, maybe it's going outside instead of buying new equipment. Maybe it's making Mm -hmm. social engagements around fitness so that your, um, your friend hangouts, right. Instead of maybe going out to lunch and drinks, maybe it is, um, you know, or going shopping together or something. Maybe it's like going for a hike or, um, going for a run together. Maybe you are going to dive into, you know, learning about the environmental impacts of high performance fabrics, which actually like have some interesting, uh, it's probably out of scope for this conversation, but the high performance fabrics that we're used to exercising in have some really interesting environmental impacts yeah. um, in terms of like chemicals that are used and microplastics and things like that, synthetic materials. Um, And then last, like maybe, maybe your passion is, you know, being a homeroom parent in your class, in your student's classroom. Um, And so maybe you bring sustainability into the classroom through, you know, you want to host a schoolyard swap, or you want to create like a giveaway table in the cafeteria for unopened things that kids aren't going to eat that maybe other kids might be interested in. Or maybe you're going to bring, you know, if you're doing classroom activities for holiday parties or whatever, you might bring, you know, choose choose projects that are, you know, upcycling or repurposing or things like that. So depending on what kind of person you are and where you're interested, figure out the areas where you're like, huh, maybe I want to start in this little spot. Um, and just, you know, pick one or two ways that sustainability feels, like I said, either really interesting or a fun challenge or, um, really accessible. And then you can gain momentum from that down the road. So hopefully that wasn't like too long winded, but, um, you know, no, not specific, at all. specific examples can like <laughs> inspire people to, to find that thing for themselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that last example because it's, it's definitely one we haven't heard before. And it's one that like, we, you know, that I, I feel like is so tangible to anyone. So even if you're not a parent, um, there are ways that you can teach some of the tips that we talked about, especially if you like to do them yourself, uh, yourself, like all yeah. the time. Um, and I think that, you know, one example is using social media, um, both Jen and brightly and good together. And I like, we all try to do that via social media and content creation, but you can mm-hmm. also do it in person. You can do it by hosting workshops. Um, many libraries, public libraries have space yeah. and, uh, need for people to come in and teach community workshops. So I think, um, and actually I was just at a craft show, um, last weekend and there was somebody out there called trash talk Washington. And there were folks that were mm-hmm teaching people about recycling um and they just had a booth set up and so they literally i'm sure they i mean who knows how they got in contact with that craft fair but you know maybe they were just like hey can we just set up a booth and do this and they probably like yeah go ahead so (laughs) there's so many different ways that you can get involved that may or may not seem obvious um and it's going to give you know not only is it going to feel good it's also going to inspire other people to do good and i think that's that's really what it's all about um Jen, you have shared so many awesome tips um, for our our listeners. And I wonder in closing, um, I like to ask our guests the same question, which is, you know, from where you sit right now, like what is exciting you the most about what you're witnessing happening in the ethical and sustainable movement right now?
1: I really think it's gaining momentum. Um, I feel like in my everyday life, there are more and more, and in my life, they're moms um, because that's just the world that I, that I'm in, but there are more and more moms who are starting to get curious about climate solutions and what to do in their life. And they're not coming to me and saying, you know, um, hey, I want to overhaul my life today, right? But they're starting to get curious about like, hey, I saw this like Compost thing, or I saw this cool like repurposing thing. Can you tell me a little bit more about this? Like, it seems kind of interesting, um, and I feel like I'm getting a lot more people that are starting to ask those questions and to be curious and to be aware. Um, and I think that's the first that's the first step, right? Is we need people to at least be interested in in this these these issues, um, and be interested in pursuing solutions or incorporating more solutions into their everyday habits. And I feel like I'm starting to see that momentum. And so I'm hoping that, you know, I can be one of those people that is answering the questions. Absolutely. Well, Jen, this has
0: been awesome listeners. Like I said, uh, Jen will, will include links to Jen's resources at honestly modern, um, in our show notes. You can also find her on all the social media uh, channels with that username. And we're just so, so thankful to have you on, Jen. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco podcast. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social media. You'll find us on almost everything at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together. So have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.